there can be gains in both ways. So I really feel that one clear message out there, you know, people shouldn't be afraid of the carbon initiative that's been included in here. For the majority um, of the traits, by improving your efficiency in your herd, will improve the efficiency from the sustainability point of view in the environment. Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and with the upcoming changes to the replacement and terminal indexes, on this week's episode, I'm joined by Chagas Beef Enterprise leader Paul Crossan and Dr. Margaret Kelleher from ICBF to discuss the changes being made and find out why, when and what impact it will have. Margaret, before we begin, perhaps can you review how the replacement and terminal index has progressed over the past decade? We started with the terminal index uh, back in the early 2000s. And I think what's important for everyone listening in is just to remember back then, at that time, the level of data recording um, was quite low. You know, our, our SIR recording was only around 15%. And I suppose if anyone watched the webinar, they might have seen how we, we tracked the changes over, over the last 20 years. And they might be wondering, well, why was that even important that we mentioned that? Um, so it's just good to clarify that, you know, in terms of getting a prediction or a, a picture really of where you want to breed your animals for more profitability in the future, we need to have data number one. So, you know, if, you, if you've if you weighed an animal, the carcass weight comes in. Um, but also what's very important then is actually knowing the parents. So only knowing 50% of the sires back then was actually very low. So the accuracy of the proofs would have been, you know, lower than what we have now. It's a very different story. So um, I suppose all that really started to change when we saw the different schemes coming in. So in 2007, we saw the sucker cow welfare scheme coming in. Um, with that meant that people started recording more sires. And that really is where, you know, the the increase in genetic gains started in terms of the terminal traits anyway. So we had faster genetic gain. So people were improving their terminal traits, their finishing cattle. Um, but at the same time, when we were looking actually at the suckler cow herself, this was still on the decline. So we saw about 10 years in from 2000 up to 2010 of this decline in our maternal kind of traits in the suckler herd. And that's when the replacement index was introduced for the very first time um, in 2011. So with that then, you know, I suppose at the time, people might have thought, well, you can't be increasing your terminal finishing traits as well as trying to get the traits where you want, you know, cows are efficient and, you know, cost don't cost too much to have in your farms and all that and still producing the goods in terms of their weanlings and the, the projects coming off these animals. So really it was not until the BGP in 2015 um, that really things uh, really started to change. Um, you know, it was a massive scheme, you know, over 300 million was, it was funded for this scheme. It meant that there was a lot of requirements on farmers and they did it in terms of data recording. But the biggest thing was the genomics. Having a genotype on these animals meant we could link animals much more clearly, have much more information about them and provide really, really um, improved genetic evaluations. And now in the last, uh, I suppose, you know, since 2015 up to to, uh, recently, we can see now that genetic gain has completely changed in the national suckler herd. We can now see the terminal traits and the maternal traits are increasing at a rate of genetic gain that's similar to what we see in dairy. So it's it's a massive uh, step in the last 20 years. 
Well, Stephanie Margaret, if the replacement index and terminal index are increasing, why are we bringing in these changes now at this stage? Yeah, so I suppose the very first thing is we could always go faster. We can always make better genetic gain. I mean, there's so much variation out there in terms of the different breeds, different herds. Uh, and now that we have a massive you know, database of over two and a half million genotypes in um, the ICBF database, we could actually make faster gain and, and to make faster gain, that means more profit uh, for the, the farmers out there. Um, so I suppose the three main changes that we're seeing now in these terminal and replacement indexes is one, we want to bring in, um, you know, updates to the the market prices. So uh, Paul would have been the guru behind that in terms of the bioeconomic model and also some work there from Dunaberry and Chagas, uh, Moorpark, and they work together there to update the, the market prices. So again, it's a really good question. Like, what? well, why? why? Why are you updating them now? They hadn't been updated in eight years. So really the question might be, why didn't you update them over the last eight years? So you must remember that, you know, with a new scheme like BGP was very revolutionary at the time and the market Market prices were set for a futuristic point of view, so they, you know, they kind of they kind of worked for the initial few years. But if you just take the last two or three years and what's happened out there in the industry, you know, you had Brexit, uh, you had COVID, uh, and now you have these massive uh, costs um, of production inflations in the last year or two that we've all seen in terms of concentrate and fertilizer prices, labor. All these prices have changed. So that is the number one crucial update to these indexes is that we needed to get in more relevant economic values into these uh, terminal replacement indexes so that you know they make sense um they were out of date so that was number one uh number two uh and i touched on it a minute ago about you know we always want to make more genetic gain because more genetic gain means more profit in the pockets for the farmers at the end of the day um so there's new traits there's new methods to run evaluations and there's ever increasing more genotypes coming in. So um, in terms of the new traits, there's uh, a trait age at finish. So this is where, you know, you want to finish your animals at an earlier age without, um, you know, hitting the carcass weight or the finishing spec of the animal. So that is a new trait that's been introduced. And I mean, again, it's a massive uh, inclusion to the indexes because it means more profit for the farmer, but it also actually helps us in our sustainability aspect, which we'll get to in one second. Uh, another new trait in there is uh, TB resistance. So again, you can now um, find bulls that would be more suitable for your herd that would be more resistant to getting TB. So we introduced that in the dairy side at the end of uh, 2022 in the EBI and we introduced it into the DBI in January. So it was just, you know, it was in turn the terminal replacement index also now getting it. And we also have uh, carcass inspect uh, traits in there. So factory specifications. So again, trying to breed for more conformed and um, profitable animals. So the third change and one that maybe, you know, um, it, the carbon um, initiative, I suppose, that's been brought into the these uh, beef indices is that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we have to be seen to be, you know, trying to meet our targets as a whole industry, dairy and beef and other industries outside of agriculture are also trying to meet their targets. So one way to do that would be through breeding. Um, so for some traits, it's, it, it's to, you know, it goes hand in hand with profit. So, you know, for example, if we can, you know, have an earlier age of calving in our herd, in the suckler herd, so that's better profitability for the farmer, but it's also good for the environment. If you can uh, finish your animals earlier, so a 
you know, uh, age of finish being good for an earlier age of finish being good again for the profitability of the farmers and the environment. Um, so there, there can be gains in both ways. Um, so I really feel that one clear message out there, you know, people shouldn't be that shouldn't be afraid of the carbon initiative that's been included in here for the majority um, of the traits by improving your efficiency in your herd will improve the efficiency from the sustainability point of view in the environment. So that's that's a really good thing to have in there. So that's really, there are the three main changes, Catherine, and uh, that's why they're being introduced. That's a great insight into it. I suppose, Paul, from a suckler farmer's point of view, hearing of these changes to the replacement and terminal index, what do you see as the main reasons for these changes? Yeah, I suppose, uh, Mike, as I suppose outlined at a, at, a, at a high level, you know, the, the main changes that have been introduced to both indexes, the terminal and the replacement indexes. Um, and if we bring them through to, to specifically address the, the cow traits within the replacement index, what we need to do here is really ruthlessly chase costs. We, again, Mike's mentioned the increase in costs in the last number of years. Uh, and if we look at the National Farm Survey data and look at suckler farms in particular, the last time we uh, updated the indexes, the cost per suckler cow unit uh, on, on suckler farms was just, just shy of €1,100. Euros. Uh, and the most recent year, 2022, when we have information, uh, it's about €1,550. Euros. So we've seen a rapid increase in costs. And, you know, uh, as farmers, we've all experienced that in terms of fertiliser costs, feed costs, contractor costs and so on. So translating that into the the, the, the updates and the objectives in terms of the, the, this uh, revision for the for the cow traits, we want to reduce the cost of feeding cows. We want to reduce finishing age. So in other words, the, the cost of finishing beef cattle. We want to improve fertility uh, in the cow herd. Uh, and and there's, there's a cost element to that. Cows that calve earlier in the season have access to pasture earlier uh, and reduce feed costs in, in terms of pr- providing more graze pasture rather than uh, rather than silage in the diet, uh, and fewer difficult calvings. Again, there's a cost savings within that. Um, at the same time, output value has also increased, and we have to recognise that in changes in the, in the index. So we put a higher value on, on carcass weight, a higher value on live weight gain, and a higher value on weaning weights. Uh, and all of those come through as well in terms of the revisions to the economic values. And I suppose the final point in relation to the output values is fertility. Uh, we need to bear in mind that fertility is a really important aspect of, of good levels of output and high levels of output uh, on suckler beef farms, where you have a 390-day calving interval, which is the, na- the national average. You're producing less, on average, you're, you're producing less than one weaning per year. So you're, you're diluting your, your output on an, on an annual basis. Uh, so all of those are the main objectives in terms of the updates on the, on the cow traits within the replacement index. Paul, Margaret mentioned earlier the carbon. Can you maybe explain why it's important that currently farmers aren't getting paid or charged for carbon? So why are we including it in the index? You know, we discussed this long and hard in terms of, of the carbon and greenhouse gas elements uh, within the indexes and to what extent should it be included and should it be included at all? Um, if, if we look at the current policy agenda, uh, there's a clear direction in terms of reducing greenhouse gas emissions from all sectors of society. Um, Equally, from a consumer point of view, consumers now are asking what is the carbon footprint of the food they're, they're consuming uh, and what are, what are food producers doing to reduce the carbon footprint of the food that's been put on the plate in front of them. Uh, so we, we have, a, we have a, a, an obligation in that sense. 
But also, if we if we just look at the fundamentals of it, we can see the effect of climate change all around us. We've seen the extremes in weather's in weather patterns over the last number of years, and this year no more so than any year. Uh, so there is there is a clear uh, demand of us to to take steps to reduce uh, the emissions uh, from from suckler beef systems. It also provides us with a real opportunity to future proof our system. Yes, we're not currently either getting charged or paid for carbon reductions directly. Uh, but if we look around the world in terms of, of what governments are, are, are saying and uh, are planning, things like carbon taxes, uh, within Europe, we've seen uh, a carbon farming platform starting to emerge. So it's quite clear, you know, where the direction of travel is. Uh, you know, carbon is something that's viewed as being really important at a consumer uh, and at a policy level. And certainly we can see it in terms of future markets. The final point, just in terms of, 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 of carbon, I would say, Catherine, is that within the economic value changes, um, only 13% of the economic values uh, are, are due to carbon. Um, so it's, it's, it's moving us in the right direction, but it's certainly very much uh, the, the minor player in terms of the, the changes that have occurred in the economic values. In other words, almost 90% of the changes in the economic values uh, are due to uh, conventional economics, if you like. So the cost of fertilizer, the cost of contractors, the cost of feed, uh, all of those costs that we f- that we feel uh, on a day-to-day basis. And that's the, that's the main driver of changes in the economic values. And I know there are a huge amount of figures feeding into both of the indexes, but you might just elaborate on the new age at finishing trait that's included in the replacement index. Yeah, and, and again, uh, Mags has touched on this uh, in terms of the, the need to include uh, an age at finishing trait. Um, fundamentally, it's, it's, it's a trait to reduce costs on beef cattle farms. Um, and it's not just reducing age at finish without taking cognizance of other uh, aspects of, of, of finishing systems. Uh, fatness remains really important within the context of, of reducing finishing age. So it's not reducing finishing age uh, and having negative implications for commercial acceptability of carcasses. There is a minimum fatness score that animals will still have to reach, uh, and that's taken into account. Equally, carcass weight. If we if we look at the uh, you know the trends within the sector over the last ten years, we've taken sixty days over over sixty days over two months. Uh, reduction in, uh, in 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 age of finishing within the suckler herd uh, and no change in carcass weight. So we've already moved in a really positive direction, both from a cost perspective uh, and also from a climate perspective. So the, the object, objective here would be to continue that trend uh, to, to reduce costs within systems, to maintain output and maintain the, the acceptability from a market perspective. Thanks very much, Paul. Can you outline how the relative emphasis has changed particularly for milk, it has gone from 14% to 11%. Are we now selecting for less milk going forward? No, I, I think we, we, it's, it's really important to, to emphasise that we are still selecting for increased milk yield in our suckler beef cows. You know, we've added new traits. Um, we've added aged finishing. We've added uh, TB. We've added out of spec and so on traits uh, within the indexes. Uh, relative emphasis can only add up to 100%. Therefore, when you add new traits... Um, some of the other traits are reduced slightly. So that's what's happening within the, for example, you've, you've mentioned the milk one, and that's a good example. Uh, but we are still selecting for, for increased milk uh, within our suckler beef herd. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, with regard to the, to the other traits and the overall emphasis within the, within the indexes, output is still a key aspect of what we are trying to achieve here. We are still trying to um, increase the value of output uh, from our suckler beef systems. So it's simply a matter of trying to... Uh, 
in, include those new traits, which we know are important, uh, and that, that, that requires a reduction in some of the other traits. And in relation to the cow emphasis, the cow is currently at 57% of the relative emphasis, and that's down from 61%. What does that mean in terms of breeding objectives going forward into the future? Yeah, and, and, and I think that's that's a very similar point, I, I suppose. You know, the, 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 the overall relative emphasis on the cow side, so when you add fertility, milk, uh, cull value, uh, feed intake, and, and, and so on, uh, it was at 61%. It's now down slightly to 57%. Uh, and that, looking at it from the flip side, uh, the, the emphasis on the calf uh, has has increased, if you like. You know, the, the emphasis on the value of the calf within the replacement index. So if we look at the replacement index, there are two components. There's the cow traits. In other words, the traits that the cow herself will exhibit, fertility, uh, feed intake, and so on. And there's the traits that the calf produced by that cow will exhibit. Uh, so, so beef merit and and calving traits and so on. So, what that means is that we've included the new traits: uh, TB, age at finishing, carbon uh, in terms of the the cost of carrying that calf from an environmental perspective, uh, and that has increased the emphasis to some to, to some extent on the calf traits. In other words, there's slightly more uh, emphasis on the on the value and the the impact of the calf within suckling systems. And these changes have also impacted the terminal index. Yeah. So uh, within the terminal index, probably more modest changes, but we are still seeing some slight changes in in, in relative emphasis. So uh, again, if you look at some of the new traits going coming coming into the carbon uh, or into the terminal index, uh, weight has gone down slightly. Uh, you know, in the context of uh, including um, TB, um, age at finishing, carbon, and so on. Uh, so some of our beef merit traits go down slightly uh, in order to uh, enable those other traits to be included within the within the uh, terminal index. I suppose in summary, Margaret, going forward, farmers that are listening in, when the proofs are run on the 21st of November for participants that's in SCEP and farmers that will be purchasing cows or bulls in the coming months, what impact can they expect to see? Yeah, look, it's it's a great question. So um, in terms of the SCEP herds, I mean, again, you know, the, the proofs will be live. All these changes that we've spoken about here will be for the first time live from the 21st November. So uh, three o'clock uh, that day. Uh, and people might be worried that, you know, the their animals mightn't qualify as four and five star. Um, but in fact, that's not actually the case for 84% of the animals in skep herds. They actually remain four and five star. So really, uh, I do think, um, you know, in case anyone is really worried out there that there's huge changes, that is not the case at all. Um, and on top of that, actually, there's even 7% of animals that were originally below this threshold will actually get into this threshold. So there's actually a very small proportion of animals that will fall out. Um, but the main message here is the majority will stay four and five star and that there is an opportunity for some to go up as well as go down. But you're talking about only around 7%. Um, so going forward, um, you know, I think anyone who's purchasing animals, you know, make sure to be going you know if they can wait at all to 21st November when they get the new proofs you know that will be the new index out there be a terminal replacement um, and it'll have all these new traits that you know again as we spoke about in the last few minutes there are there to improve profitability are more relevant to you in terms of their market prices and also have uh, a bit of this carbon efficiency built in. 
Thanks, Margaret. And farmers can access those proofs on the 21st of November. How can they go about accessing them? So for the Skepherds, you know, again, it'll be all there on their, their Her Plus accounts. Um, so we usually publish there around three o'clock. Um, so, you know, if anyone has any issues or problems, uh, please do contact the Her Plus support team um, or one of your Chags advisors. That's great. Thanks, Margaret. And Paul, you'll be covering these details and changes in more detail at the Chagas National Beef Conference. Yeah, the Chagas National Beef Conference um, is on the 21st of November, Tuesday the 21st of November. It's in the Shearwater and Ballinus Low, commencing at 5pm. Um, and uh, this topic, I'll cover this topic uh, in, a, in, a, in a presentation at the beef conference. Um, and we would really be encouraging beef farmers, uh, industry stakeholders all to attend um, as well as covering the, the changes in the beef breeding indexes, uh, Ellen Fitzpatrick from, from Chagask and Johnstone Castle uh, will cover the latest results from the dairy beef heifer systems in Johnstone Castle. Uh, and Maria Gwilbenzu from AHI will cover um, the, the recent work on, on IBR. Uh, there's a second session within that. That's in the first session at the beef conference. There is a second session uh, where, we, where we take a more global approach to, to where the beef sector is. Uh, so we look at the uh, greenhouse gas emissions on cattle demonstration farms uh, and Siobhan Kavanagh will, will give a perspective from, from the signpost program. Uh, Anil Out will cover the certification schemes in France. So we mentioned, you know, carbon farming and, and, and how farmers can, can get value uh, from steps they're taking to reduce the carbon emissions from their farms. Uh, there's a really interesting perspective from France where they are looking at some pilot schemes of how, how this might might turn out into the future. Uh, and the final presentation at the conference will be Rupert Claxton. Uh, and we're obviously focusing to some extent on carbon within, uh, within, within the indexes, also within the carbon farming schemes. But ultimately, beef price and input costs is what drives the economics on uh, on beef farms and Rupert will co- cover the, the, the world outlook for beef prices and input costs and we, we need to remember that you know we, we export 90 to 95 percent of the beef that we produce and um, so what happens in the world market is absolutely crucial uh, to the economics of beef farm systems in Ireland so that's the beef conference uh, Tuesday the 21st uh, of November in the Shearwater and Ballinasloe commencing at 5 p.m. Thanks very much Paul I'll include in the podcast text the link for further details on the upcoming conference on the 21st of November at 5pm. Thanks very much, Paul and Margaret, for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.